0: on cougars this is your daily podcast focused on the byu cougars thank you for joining us on a monday edition of the show today's show our title sponsor is rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all of the parts your car truck or suv will ever need check them out at rockauto.com A lot to get to on a Monday edition of the show. As promised, we're going to catch up with Brett Ciancia from the Pick 6 previews, talk a little bit about BYU. Recently added BYU to his Power 5 preview series he's done online for the past, I think, seven years, maybe eight years at this point. But it has a great breakdown of the Cougars, and he's actually very high on BYU's chances this season if and when they get on the gridiron to play Need to talk a little bit more about that. Of course, the news breaking over the weekend of BYU and Alabama working towards a week one showdown. We'll talk a little bit about what that would mean for the BYU football program if it becomes official. So a lot to get to on a Monday edition of the show. Today's show also brought to you in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you about them and Rock Auto as the podcast rolls on throughout today's episode. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 20th. Twenty twenty. What's up, guys? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah during my day job. And a big thank you for downloading your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. Our goal, if you're new to the podcast, is to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about each day, as well as passing along insider info, tidbits, and other things that stand out about the Cougars. So that way, you're the smartest BYU fan in the room when you're talking with your friends and... You won't find some of this information anywhere else, so make sure to join us each and every day. Hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from on whichever podcast provider you found us on, and that way you never miss an episode. Simple as that. All right, kicking off today's show, of course, the news breaking over the weekend. We talked a little bit more in depth about this on yesterday's bonus edition of the podcast. BYU apparently in talks with the University of Alabama for a week one showdown between the Cougars and the Crimson Tide. This would not be the first time the Cougars and the Crimson Tide have squared off. BYU went to Bryant-Denny Stadium in 1998 and... Had put up a fight and They lost 38 to 31, but Sean Alexander, who went on to be just an absolutely marvelous player in the NFL that night showed exactly what he was made of five rushing touchdowns in that win over the Cougars. But like I said, BYU put up a fight down there at Brian Denny. I've talked with guys who have played in that game and they said it was just unlike anything they'd ever experienced going into the heart of SEC country down there in Tuscaloosa to take on the Crimson Tide. And Hey, If this comes to fruition, we could see BYU and Alabama squaring off again. I'm not going to say that I'm going to go in there and think that BYU is going to beat Alabama, but you never know what happens in these type of games. Obviously, the original game that Alabama had set up for week one was against the USC Trojans. It was thought of as one of the top games on the opening weekend of college football on September 5th. It was scheduled to be played at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. You may know it as Jerry World, of course, the home of the Dallas Cowboys and BYU has a history down there at that stadium, if you guys recall. Uh, BYU upsetting then number 3 Oklahoma in 2009 in that game against Sam Bradford, knocking Bradford out of the game, which really helped their chances, but an absolutely marvelous win then. They also played another game against TCU down there later on in Independence, but it didn't go quite as well as the game against uh, against Oklahoma, as you guys well know if you p- watch that game as well. But I look at this, and... It's still to be determined if this game actually will happen and also where it will happen. I could very easily see this game being moved back to Tuscaloosa to play in Bryant-Denny Stadium. It appears that transmission rates for the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, the virus itself, they go up exponentially if you're indoors. And obviously, AT&T Stadium is is a domed stadium, so it would be encapsulated. It's an indoor stadium. So I could see the officials involved in this game Speaking of Greg Byrne, the athletic director down there at Alabama, and BYU's Tom Homo thinking, you know what? If we can play outdoors, have it be safer, let's go play it at Bryant-Denny. I don't think BYU is under any illusions that they're going to get the Crimson Tide to come west of the Mississippi to play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But hey... You take this game. There's no doubt about it. You take the game every time it's offered to you. If it has officially been offered to you, Matt Zenitz from AL.com, I don't believe for a second that he would go out and report something like this without hearing something. He's a well-respected reporter within the Alabama football community. has been covering the sport for a long time. So he's not going to go out and just throw this up against a wall and see if it sticks. So I like the chance of BYU getting this opportunity just for the uh, the exposure part of it. Obviously, I'm going to say that BYU going to be a pretty heavy underdog against Alabama. But if there's a time to catch Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide, similar to what we were talking about earlier this offseason with the week one opponent being Utah, there's a time to catch Alabama. It's when they're reloading a quarterback, and they very much are reloading. Bryce Young, a prep quarterback, star from Southern California, is enrolled there at Alabama. They lost to Atanga Vailoa to the NFL draft. His younger brother, Taulia Atanga also transferred. So it appears that Alabama is going to have a new quarterback regardless. It'll be between the junior Mac Jones or Bryce Young to be the starting quarterback there at Alabama. Knowing what Nick Saban has done in the past, it wouldn't surprise me if he were to tab Mac Jones, who's really just kind of bidden his time there as a, as a member of the Crimson Tide. But Bryce Young, like I said, is a great player from Southern California, spurned USC to go to Alabama. But hey, a new quarterback under center in his first game, It could be an opportunity for BYU. I'm expecting that very few, if any, fans will be in attendance at this game if it ultimately does take place. Like I said, this is all speculation. Looking ahead to a game that hasn't been officially announced by either Alabama or BYU. Could be announced as soon as you hear this podcast. Who knows? if and when it will be announced, but if there's a time you want to catch Alabama and Nick Saban, maybe it is the first game with a new quarterback under center. Of course, former BYU star quarterback Steve Sarkeesian is the offensive coordinator of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So it'd be some pretty tasty stories going into this matchup ahead of it if it were to come to fruition. The other positive benefit of this is that BYU, if this game gets scheduled officially, that means BYU can begin their six-week preparation program immediately. It's been put off. Today was actually supposed to be BYU Football Media Day. That has been postponed. If this game gets scheduled, that means BYU and their coaching staff can begin the six-week ramp-up to the college football season literally tomorrow if it were announced today on a Monday. They could start Tuesday and get ready for the college football season and begin preparations for Alabama. That is the benefit of getting these games back on the schedule. In talking with some sources over the weekend, BYU has been in discussions with teams across the Big 12, across the SEC, and I would surmise they're also talking to teams in the ACC. You lost five Power 5 games. A lot of these teams in these other Power 5 conferences outside of the Big 10 and the Pac-12 also lost games due to the cancellations of those. We already talked about Alabama and USC, for example. Why not go out and chase some big dogs? And it appears that BYU may have caught one of the biggest dogs that they could have in the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think it would be a marvelous matchup. I would love to be in attendance at it if it's at all possible. Obviously, I know many of you BYU fans out there listening to this would also like to do that. But, hey, I respect what Tom Homo is doing. He is reaching out far and wide to every program that he can think of and having discussions with them. I talked with people over the weekend, and they've had discussions across the sec uh, had discussions with programs across the sec and the big 12 i know of that in particular like i said i'm expecting the acc teams are also in the mix there and hey If BYU can cobble together three, four, or five games to fill up that 12 game schedule and play the entire schedule, having Alabama on that schedule is the crown jewel. And you did it at essentially the 11th hour of college football scheduling. These are games that are literally sometimes scheduled more than a decade in advance. And if BYU pulls this off, they've done it in what? A little over a week? That would be a coup d'etat for Tom Homo and the BYU Athletic Department. I respect what they're doing. Greg Byrne, the athletic director at Alabama, has ties with BYU, having scheduled the Arizona games that BYU has played in their independent history because Byrne is the formerly the athletic director down there at the University of Arizona. So there's some familiarity between the two parties. So I think this would be a fantastic addition for the BYU football schedule. And I, I think it goes without saying the BYU fans would be more than geeked or and just excited beyond belief to play the Alabama Crimson Tide, even if it, hey, it might be a David versus Goliath matchup, but hey, you thought that about Oklahoma back in the day, didn't you? So there you go. BYU and Alabama. The good news is that BYU could have a game back on the schedule, and that means that they could begin preparations for the season in earnest. And that would be the the best part about this, is it means that college football is officially on its way. There's still a lot of roadblocks coming up. You guys all know that. You guys have been paying attention to the news. I'm trying to stay steer clear of it as much as I possibly can. But hey, COVID-19, we'll see what the next twist or turn it has for us in the coming days and weeks. But the good news is right now, BYU pushing forward with rescheduling their schedule for the 2020 season. And it appears, yeah, They landed a big dog in the Alabama Crimson Tide if it ultimately does come to fruition. All right, there you go. Some thoughts on the Alabama Crimson Tide and BYU squaring off in week one. Coming up here in just a 2nd going to talk with a guy who thinks that BYU could take a pretty sizable jump this season. That is Brett Siancia from the Pick 6 Previews. Had a great opportunity to talk with him, and he has a great preview of what the BYU football program could look like this fall. We'll get to that here in a moment. Before we do that, let's take a minute and talk to you guys about our good friends at rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a 20-year-old online auto parts company that is family-owned. They're serving auto parts customers nationwide, and they want to make sure you guys have all the parts your car, truck, or SUV you need, and they'll ship it all directly to your door. I think more than... a few of us are trying to save money in this day and age. The best part about rockauto.com is all of their prices are reliably low. You can go to their online category, look up your car, search by uh, part, search by specification, even search by price. You want to go above a certain price point? You can search all of that. It's customizable to your experience at rockauto.com. And like I said, the best part of it is all best part of it all is it's shipped directly to your door. More impressively, you're going to get the same price that anybody else gets at rockauto.com. Your mechanic couldn't go to rockauto.com, put in a quote unquote special code and get a better price. They will give you the same price that professionals get at rockauto.com. So check them out, guys. They're good friends at rockauto.com. All of the parts your car, truck, or SUV you will ever need, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and regardless of whatever you need, you can check them out at rockauto.com. That's a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars Podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network. Are you guys ready to get deep into the weeds when it comes to BYU football and find out why a national nationally renowned expert believes the Cougars could take a sizable jump this coming season? Well, never fear. Here you go. Brett Siancia with myself, Jay Catch, on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Please welcome in now Brett Siancia. He is, of course, the writer, the owner, and the one-man band that makes the Pick 6 previews work. Brett, thanks for taking the time to join
1: us. Yeah, Jake, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, I hunkered down for six months writing up the, the season preview. And uh, once it hits the shelf in June, it's straight to, you know, the radio and podcast tour. So I'm excited to talk some BYU. Uh, we did it on your radio show as well, but uh, excited to talk here.
0: Absolutely. So let's start here. I, as you mentioned, you were on a radio show with DJ and PK earlier on, and you actually had an interesting thought that you thought that BYU the jump on offense that you expected last year might come this year. Can you ex- can you rehash that a little bit for our listeners?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I thought that the jump would happen in 2019 when you had a returning starting quarterback, um, you know, a lot of the pieces back at running back and receiver. Um, and obviously Matt Bushman. But, uh, you know, it it was still a step in the right direction. But I think the the offense didn't reach its full potential. There was a ton of injuries up front, injuries at quarterback. Um, Now, granted, even through 16 different line combos at offensive line, uh, it was still a pretty decent unit. Uh, Got a decent run push. You know, Brady Christensen's a star at left tackle. But long story short, I think that that big jump's going to happen now this year, 2020, because now you get that whole offensive line back. All those ahead of schedule reps by the young guys are back. Um, you know, it's a deep receiver core. Most schools have one or two lead receivers and one feature back. But at BYU, if you look through the stats and, and watch them on tape, they're spreading the ball thin to, you know, nine, 10, 11 receivers. So, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, uh, you know, it shows the depth and, um, you know, keeps the, keeps the fresh legs there. So, uh, spread the ball around. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson, he's had some ups and downs. But, uh, you know, I'm an optimist. I see those great performances in 2018, the, uh, the perfect bowl win. He didn't mm-hmm. have a single incompletion. Uh, built up that 27-7 to 7 lead over Utah in 18. Um, you know, he, he's creative in the pocket. He's elusive. He, he extends plays. I think you see some more consistent play from him here in his third season. And, uh, and lastly, Matt Bushman. I mean, you know, he gets a lot of attention nationally, and, and it's well-deserved. It's rare for a tight end to lead a team in receiving yards. Uh, maybe you see that at Wisconsin or Iowa, but it's rare. And to do it three straight years and now entering a fourth, uh, it's incredible. So, a lot of lot of pieces to like here, um, especially with it being the third year in a system. You see, a, you tend to see a big jump there. So, yeah, I'm pretty optimistic with the offense.
0: When you look at BYU, and of course you you do this analytically, you you have this game grader formula that you've you've developed over the years, and I I, I can't sit, recommend it enough for people that may not know about this. They you go read what you do, and you break this down by analytics. And BYU on offense, you mentioned the fact that Matt Bushman's leading them in receiving. The wide receiving core really does work in tandem together. There's no like real lead dog there. In your philosophy, though, do you think that BYU might be better served to have one of those receivers step forward and become that alpha?
1: Well, I mean, of course you'd like to have, you know, a, a star, you know, all-American caliber receiver to build around, but it's not the worst thing if you don't have one in, in the case of, the, of BYU where you have, you know, eight, nine experienced guys. Um, it's not. It wasn't just 2019, too. If you look back at mm-hmm. 17 and 18, um, you know, under Jeff Grimes, they do spread the ball around a decent bit, so... You know, it is what it is. I don't think that it's a weakness per se. I think that the, the key to unlock a, you know, a deeper offense will be um, you know extending that run push in the, in the run game, uh, getting back to winning first downs. Um, you know, they were pretty strong on first down last year, 40th in yards per carry on first down. Uh, it, with this big offensive line, the experience there and the star power, I want to see that take another step forward and be able to grind down opponents even more um, in the run game because that will just unlock the, the pass game even more. Um, and that, yeah, speaking of analytics, um, I think that's one of the features of my book that I like, that I strive for is a balance between you know the numbers and the story too, because it gets boring to read how you know BYU's 0. .125 x and y <laughs> metric. You know, I like to you know I show you the, the analytics on the on the left side of the page, but then put it back into into readable terms and talk about coaching schemes and program histories and and x's and o's, uh, very readable form.
0: Yeah, you are correct in that. It is a very readable uh, preview. I, I completely agree with you, and I appreciate you doing that because I think you're right. There are a lot of previews out there that you can read that would yeah tell you, okay, well, here's the y-axis. Here's the x-axis, and this is where your team sits on this plot, and this is uh, you're like, okay, can you translate that for me? It, it it makes it tough sometimes to keep up with that. But talking with Brett Ciancia here from Pick 6 Previews. Brett, uh, in your preview about BYU, you mentioned the fact that the BYU offense improved in 13 of 14 metrics in 2019. What was the one metric they didn't improve in?
1: Yeah, so you're right. 13 out of 14 categories you saw an improvement. The one area where you saw a decline uh, was in points per play. So not points per game, but when you break it down on a per play metric there. And it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, I, I, I say decline in quotes they fell from 0.41 per play to 0.4. So, uh, you know, they, you, you, okay. drop, you drop three spots in the rankings nationally. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, you might as well just say they improved in every category. Now, the most important offensive stat that I do, uh, it kind of encompasses all the other 14 metrics, is this uh, coordinator grade that I have, the okay. offensive defensive coordinator grades. Uh, what I do, it's, a, it's opponent adjusted. So this actually, this works importantly for BYU because you're not in a conference, you have a myriad of, different teams you play so opponent adjusted and pace of play adjusted uh, percentile and I know it sounds like a word salad but think of it as an overall offensive score and BYU in the second year of Jeff Grimes moved up from the 50th percentiles or right in the middle of the pack in 18 up to 70th percentile in 2019 so we did see somewhat of a jump but I'm looking for an even higher jump into that top 25 percentile you know uh, 85th percentile something like that in 2020 so That's where you want to really track this thing because it's on a per play and an opponent uh, method there.
0: Yeah, I I wanted to talk to you about that because you obviously preview all of the Power 5 programs in the country and you added BYU into the preview this year for the first time ever. Is it more or less difficult to, uh, I guess, put BYU and analyze them because they don't play a true Power 5 schedule in that sense of a word? But they also have a number of non-AQ teams as well as even FCS teams on their schedule.
1: Yeah, Jake, it's real interesting. Uh, last year, 20, uh, 2019, was my first comprehensive book I put together. Uh, the first seven seasons were just online, uh, they, you know, and um, I was actually graded the most accurate BCS Power Five predictor, you know, mm-hmm. compared to all those publications on newsstands and online. So a- after twenty nineteen, I got a ton of feedback from BYU fans saying, "Hey, get us in this book." Uh, I, you know, I quickly caught on to how big this this uh, fan base is. It's nationwide. It's passionate. It's knowledgeable. I mean, I see it every day against Utah fans on Twitter. Um, It's a 365-day rivalry, I call it. Um, But long story short, yeah, it was a no-brainer to add BYU to the 2020 book. And um, yeah, so it is a little bit of a challenge when you uh, are trying to compare BYU into the context of the whole Power 5 scheme because, you know, all these other conference teams I'm covering, they have a consistent pool of opponents. You know, the same – eight, nine, you know, uh, eight or nine conference teams are playing every year that you can start to compare them against in a, in a defined pool. But with BYU, it's spread out. It's random opponents. Um, so I really took my time digging in. I actually looked at it the last decade. Uh, broke it down how BYU has fared against uh, the Power 5 teams. They're uh, you know, 17 and 27, a little bit under 500. How they were against the non-AQ, 44 and 20, so well over 500. Um, and also look back at these schedules, too, because they are, they are definitely challenging themselves, bringing in more and more Power 5 teams, uh, opponents, that is. And when you look at the non-AQ, I, well, let's be honest, not all non-AQs are created equal. You know, you guys aren't playing New Mexico State every year. You're bringing in Boise State. Houston has been in the, beast, in, in the uh, New year Six. Um, Northern Illinois, is, you know, they had mm-hmm. an undefeated year. San Diego State always has tough defenses. So, and Utah State also, you know, for the old wagon wheel, you know, that's a, that's a tough team year in and year out. So, um, yeah, so long story short, it's all, it's all in the metrics there. I, I, I adjust per opponent. Um, and how, how BYU graded out last year in terms of the whole 66 Power 5 team uh, landscape, they were 39th in my formula. So about middle of the pack. I think that makes sense, and, you, and most BYU fans would agree. When you apply that to, say, the Pac-12, if you were to quote them as a Pac-12 team, that would be 6th out of 12. So, again, right in the middle of the pack. And uh, I think that that grades out to what you see on, uh, on Saturdays in the fall. So it's a shame, though, last bit on this. It's a shame that, you know, all these conferences are going conference only because I was looking at this 2020 schedule, a lot of opportunities against the Power 5 teams to get some wins on the national stage. I mean, Michigan State going through a coaching change. Stanford's down. They're not what they used to be. Missouri coaching change. And then Utah, if you were ever to catch Utah, you know, to end this, you know, decade streak, it would have been this year in the opener because it's such a young defense losing their starting quarterback, their star running back, uh, and coming off a short offseason with no spring, no summer, and a very short fall. That September 3rd game could have been a trap and you could have gotten them there. So it's a shame, really, what's happening. Um, you know, obviously, health and safety first. Uh, that's the most important thing. But I do feel for these student athletes who are grinding, so, you know, it's, it's most of their entire lives put into this thing for, for 12 Saturdays. Um, And not just them, the coaches, the communities, these small towns, these campus towns, man, they rely on these six or seven fall Saturdays, the business coming in, uh, the athletic departments, you know, not just football, but all the non-revenue sports. So this thing's far-reaching. I hope we find a way to get it done. Uh, Of course, health and safety first, but let's find a feasible way and get some football.
0: There you go. Part one of my conversation with Brett Siancia from the Pick 6 previews. We'll get to part two here in just a second, talk a little bit more about BYU's defense, if he thinks the Cougars can improve in that area you heard him talk about the fact that the offense improved in 13 of 14 metrics but he still thinks they can take a big time jump this coming season. Could be a program changing one as he as he said and that'd be fantastic to see but hey you can't have one half of a team and expect to have a very successful season. Can BYU improve on defense? We'll talk more with Brett here in just a moment before we do that let's talk a little bit about our good friends at All Guard Pest Control a local pest control company based right here in Utah County but K- Of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch front. Davis, Weber counties, Wasatch County, Tooele County, Salt Lake County, whatever you need, our good friends at All Guard Pest Control can take care of you for your pest control needs. Uh, I love this company. I, I get that right out of the way, right off the top here. They take care of my home. I love what they do, and they're capable of servicing anything, regardless of whatever you have. You have ants, you got spiders, you got mice, you got termites. Uh, big discussion by the way termite issues in the state of Utah you may not think it's an issue but it absolutely is they are the termite experts speaking of all guard pest control they can take care of any problem you guys have I love this company like I said a local company they make sure that they take care of their customers that is first and foremost in their minds you can go online learn more about them at all guard pest you can search them out their online reviews are absolutely marvelous five stars by and large across the board they are the best of the best they offer two unique programs. Programs that they'll offer to our listeners here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. You want them to come out once every three months, make sure your home is protected year-round, they will do that. Also, if you just need a one-time deal, you need them to treat one thing one time, they're happy to do that as well. They're not going to make you sign a contract that requires them to come back out for quote-unquote follow-up visits. That's what I love about All Guard Pest Control. They will customize your service plan to your needs, and they're happy to do it. Give them a call anytime you need them, day or night, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Seth Barrett is the owner. Let him know that Locked On Cougar sent you when you call They'll make sure that you are taken care of just like I have been taken care of. And I am completely 110% happy with my good friends at All Guard Pest Control taking care of my home. Trust them to take care of yours as well. That's 801-851-1812. Or check them out online at allguardpestcontrols.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, All right, let's get to part two of my conversation now with Brett Siancia from Pick 6 Previews, talking BYU defense, and also what he thinks about BYU's chances to move forward from 2020 and become a better program overall. So here you go. More with Brett Siancia from the Pick 6 Previews on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Brett, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about BYU's defense. We talked a little bit earlier about how BYU's offense improved on 13 of the 14 metrics, and you said the one was negligible at best, but... You mentioned also in this preview that BYU's defense, though, regressed in all 14 of your metrics. Can you break that down a little bit for our listeners?
1: Yeah, so some of those metrics listed are, are some of the standard ones you see. I mean, scoring defense, rushing defense, passing defense. But some of the other ones I've created myself, like negative play percentage, which is the ratio of plays that, that you're making plays in the backfield, be it sacks or tackles for loss or no gains at the line. Uh, it's, it's usually an indicator of an aggressive scheme, a blitz-heavy scheme, right? Uh, and the trade-off is for a team that's super aggressive like that, they tend to give up more long yardage plays, and we call them explosive plays uh, in the run and pass games. So those are some of the other metrics in there. Now, in this case for BYU, yeah, they, they took a step back in all 14 of them. Uh, not, a, not a good sign. Um, but when I really looked at this at a program level now, I, I admit I, I didn't uh, formerly cover BYU until this book 2020, but – I mean, I watched a ton of their games over the years, and one thing that always stood out was Bronco Mendenhall's, you know, physical, uh, you know, hard-nosed defense. They didn't miss tackles. They, mm-hmm. they flew around the field. Uh, remember Kyle Van Noy leading the nation in sacks in 2012. Um, this was a team that was always in the backfield. Now, that, that style, that, that scheme has definitely shifted. It's noticeable both uh, on game tape but also in the analytics from Mendenhall to Sataki, where what used to be a top-20 negative play rate, you know, and a very aggressive defense, is now ranked around 100th in the same category. Uh, They're they're more bend, don't break. They're not making plays in the backfield. They're not disruptive in the pass rush. Um, And that's not all bad. You know, it's more stylistic. Um, There are some pros to that. You saw it against USC where, yeah, they were in a bend, don't break. Uh, You know, they're only bringing three guys in the rush. What that did was they dropped eight guys into coverage and really forced the freshman Keaton Slovis into a ton of mental mistakes I think he picked them off five times. So there are some pros and cons. Um, it's just it's just different stylistically. Uh, it just so happened that this year uh, they regressed in every category, not just the style ones, but the, you know the per play yardage, uh, the passing efficiency. Every number fell back. Um, we'll see here heading into year three. Um, well, sorry, year five under the Satake era. Yeah. Um, if they can take a step forward here, I, I see a scheme shift coming to play to the strength of the secondary. Uh, talks of a four two five base so it, l- it might look a little different but you know I, I trust this-, this unit to get it done uh, even if it is a different style than what we're maybe used to yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of BYU fans are eager eager just to see improvement. I, I'm not sure that they need to see market improvement, and I know that's all relative in all reality, but when you look at the guys on BYU's defense, you mentioned guys like Kyrus Tonga who uh, put off the NFL for another year to come back for his senior campaign. You mentioned in the secondary, Troy Warner, Chris Wilcox. There are big names on this defense is it just going to be a matter, in your opinion, that BYU finds the depth behind that, that front line of starters to be able to hold up whenever those starters do need a break?
1: Looking at 2020, there are some positives here. Um, if you want to look at it defensive line-wise, back in 2018, so two years ago, this was super young. It, was, it featured eight freshmen and sophomores, uh, so that was ahead-of-schedule reps, ahead-of-schedule game time back in 18. It took some lumps. Again, in 19. it was still young. But now 2020, that turns into a very veteran unit up front. Uh, six of the top seven are back along that line. So you not only have a, an experienced starting line, you have experienced depth in the trenches. That's huge. Uh, and Then you look at uh, how, how deep the secondary was. Um, you know, they're, they're shifting over to a 4 scheme, getting an extra DB on the field. Even a guy, uh, Chaz Ayu, he was a number mm-hmm. four-star, which is rare here, uh, led the team in tackles for loss. He's, he's actually shifting back to safety. Along with two other backers, just to take advantage of, hey, um, get more get more playmakers on the field. It doesn't matter, kind of positionless, just get them on the field. So yeah, there's a lot of pieces to like. Um, I'm looking for all that relative youth in 18 and 19 to, to really start to convert into to veteran experience and star power, and um, hopefully take a step forward.
0: Well, okay, so speaking with Brett Ciancia here, Brett, I wanted to ask you, as you look at, towards the outlook of the 2020 season, we already talked about the fact that BYU schedule is going to look different. But I think the gist of what I'm taking away from our conversation is: year is you think that BYU is going to be a better program in 2020 than they have been the past two seasons where they posted back-to-back seven and six years. Am I wrong?
1: No, I agree with you there. Um, now, it's, it's a shame because, you know, I like to look at wind trends and mm-hmm. – uh, And stats that are usually based off of a 12 or 13 game season, so it's kind of a shame because what if they end up going six and one? I mean, how will we remember this team um, in a shortened season? But I think if you were just to say, you know, in in a vacuum that, you know, with a normal schedule, yeah, I think this would be Satake's best uh, best season in his five years here, in his fifth season. Um, And you know what? Credit BYU for having the patience. I see this too often when I'm, you know, looking at teams like Miami and Tennessee and Nebraska. Uh, they're firing and hiring too often, and you never actually give a coach a time to really bring in his his, his coordinators, his recruits, his uh, his style, his culture, all these buzzwords, but they're important. So here we are in year five. Uh, I think it clicks offensively, um, like we talked about earlier in the show. A lot of positives there and, uh, and room to improve on. So I think, yeah, offensively take a step forward, and even if the defense stays as is, but I even think you'll see a slight improvement there as well. Um, and yeah I mean we touched on it earlier it's a shame because I really would have liked to see BYU I think they would have tacked on some power five wins here against Michigan State I have BYU ranked in the top 40 nationally in my 2020 preview that was ahead of Michigan State that was ahead of Stanford Um, not to mention a lot of these power fives or sorry non-AQs that I think they would have handled too so this on the you know here in here in June when I published this was looking like a seven eight even nine you could push for nine wins Um, now I can't even predict how many games we played, let alone if it's FCS or, or who you're playing. But you know, analytically and, and what you watch on Saturdays, I think this would be the best of, of the Sutaki era.
0: He's Brett Seancey, He writes the Pick Six previews. Does a great job doing it. Brett, where can people find your work if they want to buy a preview, etc.?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jake. It's at uh, Pick Six Previews on Twitter uh, and then Pick Six Previews and on that webpage there, I have a couple sample teams. So I know it's a newer product, but I have a couple sample teams so you can see the level of data, uh, the level of detail that I put in for every team, all my stack graphics per team, um, you know, and uh, also some testimonials too. I just got one in from Chris Felica, the bear, on college game day. Nice. It's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, yeah, it calls it a must-read. So the high praise there. I really appreciate it. And also for BYU fans, I mean, I'm excited to keep connecting with more of you Uh, Like I mentioned, I mean, I I actually come from a a pro sports city and hate it. Uh, You know, I don't see the same level of passion of college football here that you see in some of these campus towns, and and respect BYU fans for that. But, uh, yeah, to get back to the BYU fan base, just type in BYU at checkout uh, for a nice discount code and excited to to keep connecting with more and more of you on Twitter and online. So, yeah, pick 6 com for more info.
0: Awesome. Well, Brett, can't thank you enough. We look forward to doing it again down the road, okay?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. There you have it. Brett Sianz
0: here from the Pick 6 Previews. A big thank you to him for joining us. You can follow him at Pick 6 Previews. Just spell it out. P-I-C-K-S-I-X-P-R-E-V-I-E-W-S. I I think I spelled that correctly. Pick 6 Previews on social media. And you heard him talk about the fact you can get a special discount. Put BYU in the bar when you go to order the Pick 6 previews. I believe it's like 25% off and it's already a reasonably priced product. So you guys go to Pick 6 previews, use the promo code BYU and Brett is happy to reward you guys who have been listening here on the Lockdown Cougars podcast. And by the way, Read up on the rest of the college football programs. This is about as in-depth a college football preview as you will find. And a big thank you to Brett for taking the time to join us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast to talk about it with myself and let you guys, by extension, learn more about the Cougars and why he thinks BYU is going to be a bigger team or better, excuse me, a bigger team, a better team in 2020 than they have been the past three or four years. All right, once again, a big thank you to Brett. Make sure to reach out to him and thank him for coming on the podcast. Use that promo code, buy a preview. I guarantee you will not be dissatisfied with what they've got going on and Brett's got going on at Pick 6 Previews. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. Maybe by the time we talk tomorrow, there'll be another announcement of BYU getting another game on the schedule, back onto the schedule. Who knows? what it will be follow the show on social media to stay up to date with everything going on in byu sports at locked on cougars on twitter facebook and instagram are available on all three of those platforms my personal twitter feed if you so desire to follow me there is at jacob c hatch and feel free to reach out anytime via email locked on byu at gmail.com is the email address for the show. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this, and I hope you guys will be back with us again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast for July 20th, 2020. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.